You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, this is Mike Madano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hey guys, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. My name is Ryan Chambers, and today we are continuing our Fan Stories episode series. That's a mouthful to say, Stars Fan Stories episode series. That's a lot to say, I just realized that. Um, anyways, uh, before we get to today's guest today, um, I would like you guys to please go and use DraftKings Sportsbook. They're a big, uh, sponsor of our episode of our entire podcast and all of THPN. We really appreciate what they do and, uh, use that promo code THPN next time you're there. Um, without further ado, we're going to bring in today's guest. Uh, her name is Brooke and Brooke, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about so, yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Um, uh, recording this on a, a Sunday afternoon, about two thirty on the seventeenth. So, about you know halfway through summer, you know we're getting closer to the school year. Bleh. I don't want to go yeah. back to work. But, <laughs> anyways, uh, can you just tell us just a little bit about yourself? You know, uh, your background. You know, non hockey related stuff. All right. Well, um, I was born and raised in Dallas, and uh, I was a teacher for a while. Um, I taught some in elementary school, but I, my mainstay was in middle school teaching science. And then when I had my first daughter, I became a stay-at-home mom and I have three daughters now and we are in Fort Worth. So now when you say Fort Worth, are you talking like legit Fort Worth or are you talking like Keller? We're Keller. Keller, Actually, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, because all the time, you know, uh, being from Texas, we all have to, like, I say, oh, I'm from Dallas, but in all reality, I'm, I'm from Farmersville originally, which is a town just northeast up there. Yeah. So, I yeah, I know. And a lot of people are like, where's Farmersville? And I'm just like, Dallas. <laughs> just call so it Dallas. You were, did, do you like the stars when you were in Farmersville? Is oh, totally. You got into the stars? Okay. Well, Actually, when I got into the Stars, it was uh, because of, uh, I mean, just when I was born, that's when they moved uh, to Dallas. So I kind of naturally kind of, I don't know, implanted myself with them, I guess is, is a way to say it. It's a bad way of saying it, but <laughs> I, I find my, I'm very, very, you know, because since we were both basically born in 93, I, I, I identify very closely with the Stars. But uh, I see. Um, anyways, how old are your daughters? How old are your daughters? Uh, I have um, this upcoming year, they'll, they'll be a freshman in high school, a seventh grader, and a fourth grader. So when you when you were teaching uh, middle school, you said you liked, uh, you taught science. Now, yes. it, so what, what did you like about science compared to all the other subjects? Because, I mean, we talked earlier, and I was just like, I, I did not like science okay. at all. I didn't like science until I got in college. So I had a professor that really made me like science. And then um, I loved it. Um, but for me, I love um, teaching like space. And if you have seen the new pictures coming from the Webb telescope, like 
pictures are amazing and just makes you feel so tiny. But then you start studying about your body and like you get down to, you know, subatomic particles and things like that. And just like, oh, like I'm so big, too. And mm -hmm. um, honestly, for me, it's um, I like seeing God's creation and it just like it wows me. And so I really like science. And then later on, it helped me. I had I dealt with some health issues and I was able to figure out some things that the doctors couldn't help me with. Um, but I, a lot of that was because of my understanding of science and, um, I don't know. I just, I think it's a really cool thing. And so I'm a nerd when it comes to all that. So oh, that's, that's really cool. Um, and I did want to mention just a quick shout out and we talked about this beforehand, but mm -hmm. uh, we just want to do a quick shout out to your father-in-law, David, correct? Yes. Yes. Thank you. And yeah, of course. And uh, do, do you, will you mind telling us just a little bit about uh, about him and what he's going through recently? Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, um, he was diagnosed with cancer. And so um, he was in the hospital for a while. And um, the last week or so, he's been home and it's been all hands on deck. Yeah, it's been a lot more intensive than I thought it would be. Um, I thought he'd get a lot of rest and being at home, but there's just so much to do. And so thankfully... There's all of our family, all their families in Texas. Um, they used to not be, they grew up in Colorado, but they're all in Texas now. And we have been able to just kind of do all the different things that needs that need to be done. So, but thank yeah. you for bringing that up. Yeah, of course. Cause, and, and I, I mean this totally out of respect. Cause uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of people who I've talked to and one of the greatest things about, you know, being able to host this kind of series and talk to other fans is, the stories that uh, that come out of this, and, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. there's some stories like that. But I mean, there's some good thing, good, good positive things that come out of that. Yeah. Um. Just, I mean, just for another example, uh, Matt Day, who a lot of people kind of know as the Mandalorian dude, he's he's the one that wore all the Mandalorian star theme gear this past season. Um. Th there was literally a season that he uh. He had some sort of surgery he had to get for cancer. Long story short. And he delayed his surgery so he could go to the first game of the Dallas Stars opener. <laughs> wow, that's commitment there. I know, oh right? Yeah, that, that's what I said. And I was just like, wow, am I a real fan or something? I don't think I am <laughs> if I'm thinking about that. So, so, uh, but, in, and he was fine and everything like that. His surgery was successful. But I, I'm very glad to hear that, uh, that David is doing really well as well. So, <laughs> shout out to David. Shout yes. out to David. So, um, we kind of talked about you and your background, you know, non-hockey related stuff, but obviously we're a Dallas Stars podcast. So we want to kind of get into some hockey stuff and hockey related stuff. Yes. And I do want to mention that, you know, and you pointed this out to me and, and I was just like, oh, that's, that's kind of true. Most of the people that we've had on here are, you know, don't have, you know, kids or, you know, they're kind of the younger crowd, you know, mm -hmm. maybe 18 to 25, maybe 18 to 27, something like that. And I think it's really cool that we have you on. So yeah, you need you, a Genexer here. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so can you just tell us a little bit about um, your just your background in hockey, like how you got into it? You know, why the stars? Yeah. Go for it. Well, okay. So I'm in Dallas, and um, I think I'm a seventh grader when the stars come from the uh, Minnesota. The North Stars moved down here. Um. Also, the Mighty Ducks movies, you know, have all come mm -hmm. out, or I guess the first one came out. And actually, um, I learned that because of the popularity of that movie, 
is the reason why the North Stars didn't move down to California. They actually moved here to, to Dallas, which is really cool. So I have brothers and I'm the youngest um, of my siblings and they were about to move out, you know, and go off to college. And so it's just my dad and me, and he's a big sports fan. And I grew up loving sports, playing some sports and things. And we just got into hockey. And um, there was this time where it was, the, I think, both the Mavericks and the Stars. Maybe it was just a reunion arena thing where it was like, either choose a Maverick game or a Stars game. And it's like a family four pack, get a hot dog and whatever. I, mean, and I remember those. Yeah, I remember that. So my dad was like, do you want to see the Mavericks or do you want to see the Stars? And I said, well, maybe we should try out the Stars. And we went to a game and sadly, I cannot remember. I think it was a Canadian team. It may have been Calgary. And mm-hmm. uh, we saw um, a game and we went down bad first period but then the physicality came in (laughs) and like you didn't mess with this stars team like it was crazy and so it was fun and entertaining and then we came back and scored i think we won by one goal late in the third period and it was just like everything that you would want to see in a hockey game and i was hooked ever since and they did a really good job the announcers did so well at when you're watching the tele- um, watching the game on television, they would explain all the rules to hockey because they knew no one in Texas really understood the game. And so I understood the rules of the game by the end of the season. And um, I don't know, it's just they did a fantastic job at educating the public. And that's when I became a hockey fan. That's pretty legit because uh... – Man, if, if only I wish I had been born just a couple of years sooner and I could have been at that inaugural season. But yeah. uh, I, I think my first legit game that I actually watched on TV, I was four years old. And I didn't get to go to an actual game until 97. So that was when they were really starting their rep swing and really starting yeah. to get good. Yes. So highly, highly jealous. Highly so jealous. Do you remember old school hockey then? Like the oh, way totally. it was played in the 90s and all? Oh, yeah. It was, no, yeah. It's- totally different now the, yeah. the style of the game is totally different now so yeah today the, the today's game is more about like the skill and the speed of it which which is fun it's it's yeah. it's fun in an aspect but i do miss like the the physicality of it you know i, I remember like brian scrudland and Guy carbono and richard matmachuk sean chambers those guys mm-hmm. from the 99 team that were just i mean that was their job was to beat up people and then even before right. those guys there was shane churla yes. uh, who i completely yeah. forgot about yeah he uh, was my favorite player like i mm-hmm. think shane churla did more for the team um like getting its roots down in texas than any other player i mean mike madonna was a big name but for the people that didn't understand hockey it was i like that guy that goes out there and like fights all the time and it's yeah. really funny because i'm just this shy little girl and yet i loved watching hockey fights and it's i don't know it was enjoyable <laughs> i was just talking to another stars fan here recently he was telling me about his nephew and he's like you know my nephew's one of those you know quiet reserved you know introverted kids who never really talks all that much mm-hmm. he he, he kind of you know talks to people when he has to and then he he said he brought him to a Stars game. And the first time, I think it was uh, it was Antoine Roussel, he said. Antoine Roussel threw the mitts down. 
and uh, all of a sudden he watches his nephew just punch him in the face, get him <laughs> on the ground. And I was just like, and I was just like, that's what Nala Stars hockey used to be like. And that's how yes. it got started. And so I felt pretty comfortable taking my three daughters that aren't really sports people. They're more like band and art and things like that. But we took them to a game back in 2018. It was most of two of them. It was their first hockey game and they were playing against the Florida Panthers. And there was fight after fight after fight. It was like more fights in a single games in like a decade. And I, I, I didn't know like how I felt as a mom. <laughs> Condoning <were> violence. <laughs> this is why I fell in love with this sport in the first place. But it changed so much that I wasn't prepared for them to see, you know, all the different fights. So. Yeah, and, and and that used to be a giant aspect of the game. Um, but like I said, it's not so much anymore. But which is weird because you know you think of Jamie Ben. You know he was mm-hmm. one of the ones you know ten years ago who. You know, when he was a real young guy, 22, 22, 23, 24, that he would drop those mitts and, you know, yeah. stick up for his teammates. At that point, it was still, you know, Madonna, Lettinen, Moro, Ribeiro, that kind of era of guys. And, uh, you know, I do miss that. I do miss that era of hockey because you just don't really see it as as much as you used to. So, yes. yeah. but uh, I, I mean, and I, you know, that's something I've never thought about with uh, Shane Churla. Because and, and I'm I'm totally agreeing with you now. I never thought about it, but I would almost put him at the same level as Mike Midano as importance to getting hockey rooted in Texas. Mm-hmm. Him, Mike Madano, you got the you got the physicality of the game and you got the skill and the speed right there. Mm-hmm. Those two guys mm-hmm. really set the tone for uh for Dallas. And you know, maybe you know, if it weren't for them, 20 years later, I wouldn't be doing this podcast, doing this uh, fan stories with you. So uh, I, I, I think we owe them a lot. So that's, that's a, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. But um, let me go ahead and ask you also about uh, how, like, why do you keep going back to watch games? Because, because like you said, it's changed over the course of yeah. the past 20, 25 years. Um, even from the time I started watching hockey, which was back in 96. Mm -hmm. And, um, but what, what keeps you going back to watch hockey? Is there something specific? Um, I don't know. I did take a quite a big hiatus when my children were younger. Um, just because mom life was mom life. I I was living, you know, um, and honestly, probably, 2018 2019 is when I kind of came back into it um I but you know the stars they were promising and it was fun to watch how um skilled they were um you know I I do appreciate the game and the skill and um now that I'm a mother I don't really enjoy the physicality as much and so, <laughs> um I guess Hockey changed while I changed. Um, and then, of course, the Stanley Cup run um, uh-huh. and the bubble. Um, and I don't know. So when we went, so when hockey shut down, we got to watch on television the run to the 99 Cup. On did you, I don't know. Did you see that? The mm-hmm. run to the 99 Cup mm-hmm. they um, did reruns for. And it just... I don't know, it brought back all those memories. And then to do it again in the bubble um, was really, oh man, I just really wish we could have somehow beat the Bolts. But 
Um, I don't know. It, now I'm like totally invested again. And um, I don't, I really do think I kind of changed as hockey changed and um, the things that are now appreciated in hockey, I appreciate in hockey. So, so when, so when you took that hiatus, uh, and a lot of people did as well, it wasn't just, you know, just because you were going through, uh, you know, becoming a mom and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was a period of time where, you know, I think it was after the 2008 Western Conference final run, Brendan Morrow scores game seven against San Jose, puts him in the Western Conference final. After that period of time, there was a period of time where the Stars were pretty much bankrupt. So yeah. the Stars lost a lot of fans along the way because of the fact that uh, uh, not it wasn't Tom Gillardi. I forget his name. But whoever the owner was before, um, I, should, I should know that. Yeah, I, I, I almost feel like I'm going to get it confused with the Rangers. Well, is it Tom what, Green one? Like, I'm trying to think of all who. It was, it was the same owner. The same guy owned the Rangers it's and owned the Tom Stars. Hicks? Maybe that was it. I think that sounds familiar. Tom Hicks. So, so when he went bankrupt, the team also went bankrupt. And they went through a period of time where they were just owned by just random conglomerates of lawyers and other people and stuff oh, like that. Okay. So, um, so when they finally got Tom Gillardi in, that's when the team actually started becoming good again. It was around 2016 when uh, the Stars went to the second round and uh, and stuff like that as well. So, it, I mean, it wasn't just you just because of personal life. It was a <laughs> lot of people that were like that too. I've, I've talked to a lot of people who are who are very much like that. So yeah, hopefully they, you know, everyone kind of takes a glimpse back in at some point and gets hooked again because it didn't take much to get me back into it at all. I, I just love it. And I love the new kids coming up and um, yeah, I'm excited. As, as we should be. I, I, I'm very excited for next season. So let me ask you about your family. Cause you know, okay. with, and now for me, I am the biggest hockey nut in my entire family, even though I have a podcast and my two brothers do it with me. They think I'm nuts and they, and I know everything about everything when it comes to every team. I can tell you, uh, you know, every single goalie and possibly their, their backup and stuff like that. And they're like, That's why impressive. do you know that? So is your fam, are you like the me of your family? Like is the rest of your family Probably. just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dad, I will message my dad through a lot of different hockey games. He'll watch them with me, but and it's funny because he's, it's hard for me sometimes because he's kind of a pessimist, but I'm an optimist during a game. And he's like, Oh, I'm turning it off. Like, don't turn it off. We'll come back. Um, so, but he, you know, I think if we're going through a tough st stretch, he'll stop watching. Um, and then I have one brother that watches some, but he's really busy uh, with coaching and different things and just is not home often enough to watch. And um, then I have another brother that, you know, I do remember sometimes watching hockey with him before he um, left for college and then moved away from Dallas. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say he's a big fan by any means. So I guess it's me. And then especially in my, uh, family at the moment. I married a guy from Colorado who I was like, oh, are you an Avs fan? No, not really. And uh, okay. Okay. And like he's he's a sports fan somewhat. He likes basketball most, but but he is so the nuggets, great. I guess. Actually no, he grew up loving Michael Jordan. So like the Bulls. Oh the Bulls. Okay. Um but he like for his birthday we went to a Stars Avs game. Um 
you know, this last year. And, you know, so for his birthday, he's not a hockey fan all that much, but he, he was like, yeah, that'll be fun. We can do that. So he's real sweet and letting me, you know, keep going to the Stars. <laughs> use now. any excuse possible to go to yes. a Stars game. Yes. 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 I agree. That's, that's a good, that's a good thing. Um, well, that's, that's neat. Cause, uh, you know, uh, there's been some people who I've talked to who are like, you know, I'm the, the least of the, of the stars fans in my family and they're, I'm just the one that reached out to you or whatever. So, <laughs> but, but that's cool. That's cool. That's very cool. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all of your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and much, much more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. I'm trying to keep a track of the Rangers right now and see if they can gain on the Astros in the AL West. They're pretty far down right now, but I'm excited to see what they can do, and I'll be keeping my eye on that. Best of all, DraftKings Sportsbook is also safe, secure, and reliable. You can also deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. <laughs> okay, um, let me, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but let's get down to who are some of like your favorite players. And and what's what's cool about uh, about you is that you probably remember some of the older players from like oh. the 90s better than I do. Yes. So can you think of maybe some some players from the 90s or maybe even some current players who are some of your favorite players over the 27-year stretch the Stars? Now, are you talking specifically Stars or NHL? You can – it's whatever you want it to be. Well, okay, first of all, Shane Churla won me over into hockey. And mm-hmm. then um, I honestly liked Yeri Lettinen and Russ Courtnall um, on the Stars. Like, mm-hmm. they were – really cool Darian Hatcher of course um but then when you like broaden it up I loved Paul Valbure watching him for the Canucks I mean you know you got to see how fast Mike Madonna was but to me Paul Valbure was just yes. lightning yeah he was so fast um and then you know I kind of liked I just remember you know Mark Messier playing for the Rangers and then you see a little bit of Chris Chelios and I don't know, like it was so fun watching in the early nineties. And then especially late into the nineties when the Colorado avalanche and the Detroit Red Wings were. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. That rivalry. Documentary. Um, Unrivaled. Uh-huh. Oh I my did. goodness. I didn't realize it was as deep as it was. Oh but, boy. Yeah. Um, it, they, so it was fun to watch someone like Sergey Fedorov, you know, like, couldn't stand him as a Dallas Stars fan, but you could appreciate the talent level there. So, yep, it, that brings back a couple of things I thought about. Uh, th- th- there's a joke going around right now that, uh, you know, the Avs won the cup in 96, 2001, and 2022. 
Well, in 97, the Red Wings won the cup. In 2002, the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup. So now everyone's saying that the Red Wings are going to win the cup in 2023. Yeah. It, we'll it's just, yeah. just going to happen. Yeah. Even though they haven't made the playoffs in a couple of years. Yeah. But in uh, that's that whole. I don't know if you, for those of you that are listening, if you have no idea what we're talking about with the Red Wings and Colorado, uh, no rivalry currently the past 20 years has anything on the Red Wings, Colorado from the early night or the late nineties, especially in the early two thousands, like, holy crap. Uh, there's, I mean, you can go on YouTube and look up some, some brawls that happen. I mean, Claude Lemieux had a, had a big, part of that and so and the so goalies patrick, fighting yeah. patrick Waugh and mike vernon mm-hmm. yep i remember all that and i remember watching that as a little kid and thinking like oh my goodness and i, I mean it was a blast i absolutely loved it but uh i think one of my favorite moments actually was a colorado moment uh it was in 2001 it's the greatest moment in in hockey history if you ask me it when Ray Bork, after 21 years, he had never gotten to pl- to play for the Stanley Cup. He gets it, he finally wins it in his last season, and you know, uh, Gary Thorne is calling it for ESPN. And he and he says after 22 years, Raymond Bork and holds up the cup. That's one of the greatest moments ever in hockey history. So that that's cool that you had some other players as well, like uh, Pavel Bure. Oh, that's uh, good. He was so good, and the the personal. Uh, things he had to go through to come from uh, Russia to here. Yeah. I don't know if you've if you've ever if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but go look it up. It's he had to do some serious stuff to basically defect from the USSR. Uh, well, I guess it was Russia at that point, but yeah. anyway, either way, so it was it was very very tough for him. Yeah, and that was actually new information. It's really interesting. Um, maybe just because of age and not being really connected to the world news. Um, but discovering things that were going on kind of behind the scenes and that I'm just now learning about. Mm -hmm. And so my goodness, hopefully we can get all the Russian players back next season. And um, yeah, that's, that's a scary thought. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Chris and James and I actually had a whole segment on, uh, I think it was about a week and a half ago where we talked about that. And uh, two of the players that could possibly get put into military service were, Gary Onoff, who is a current player, and Greshnikov, mm-hmm. who is a prospect. So, you know, prayers for them. Hopefully everything's okay for them. Yeah. But um, let, let me go ahead and ask you, and you kind of mentioned a little bit about uh, some of your favorite Stars memories. So you, you kind of slightly mentioned the 2020 bubble run, which yeah. for that was kind of like the new generation's 1999 Stanley Cup run. I, I'll always identify with that 99 run. But that mm-hmm. 2020 run really kind of, brought some new Dallas Stars fans into the fold, especially like a new generation. So Mm -hmm. um, are there any other moments that have kind of stuck out? It it doesn't have to be specifically like, you know, a memory that everybody remember. Maybe you remember like a specific game or something like that. Well, you know, I didn't know this was going to be so Churla heavy. (laughs) um, There was a game that I believe is the Red Wings that my father and I had watched and um, Shane Churla, you know, everyone's like, you know, got their little partner and, you know, the refs are trying to calm everything down. And Shane just makes a face. And I believe it's at Keith Primo. He just <laughs> he's like that. He just does his face at him. And it causes Primo to lose his mind. And they ended up having to kick 
kick Primo out of the game. And my dad and I just thought it was so funny that all it took, you know, wasn't a word. It wasn't, you know, any type of fighting or whatever. It was just, I'm going to make a face at you. And I don't know, maybe it was tied to something you said earlier. I have no idea. But um, that moment just, you know, it made us laugh. And we would uh, make jokes about it all, you know, years <laughs> later. But um, I, you know, if you're going to include all the 90s and all. Oh, no, actually, I'm going to choose a different game now. I was going to say the Stanley Cup winning game, but that's going to be everyone's. But I remember a game. I I was young. I don't know how young I was, um, but I remember being sick and just staying up late and watching the stars in Anaheim. And there were so many fights breaking out that literally there were 13 or so people in each penalty <laughs> box and they were just playing like, okay, let's get three out there for each side until we, you know, the time runs out and hopefully they don't drop the gloves when they drop the puck, you know, mm. and it was just so bizarre and um, just something I would never forget, but yeah, just lots <laughs> of fighting. <laughs> Yep, that's, I mean, and that's a, a part of the game that unfortunately is kind of going away. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not as prominent as, as it once was, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it makes a comeback somehow. And uh, so did you have any favorite players who were kind of on the physical side uh, that you liked over the course of your... Well, uh... You know, okay, so Darian Hatcher. Yeah. He do you remember I, when he broke the jaw of uh, Jeremy Roenick? Yep. I was a freshman in college, and so that that must have been was that the either that was right after we won the Stanley Cup or right before I can't remember. And um, yeah, a, a friend of mine, he was also she loved hockey. Um, we saw each other on campus, and she's like, Did you see Darian Hatcher what he did? And I was like, Oh my goodness, yes. But Jeremy Roenick was not well-liked among the NHL, <laughs> um, if you weren't, I guess, a Blackhawk fan. And so it was, you know, and now I look at myself like, why am I so happy that someone... <laughs> someone got his jaw had, broke. They had <laughs> his jaw wired up and, you know, so. But, um, yeah, he was, I loved watching. Okay, so back in the day, you could just push people out of the crease area. Yep, yep. And so, like, Mapachuk and Hatcher... And Carbono and Ludwig and all of them would just clear out the crease. And, um, you know, and I love that because it limited the chances of the other team scoring on you. And so, um, yeah, I did like all of that um, back in the 90s when they could do those things. And now it's illegal to cross check someone out of the crease. So, oh, you can get away with it like the first two times. Well, once you get <laughs> it the third time, then they're like, okay, that's one too many. And it's just like, Okay, so it, just call the rule book. Just, I mean, if you cross check somebody, it's a penalty, or just don't call it. Right, um, one of the two. So, well, um, we're getting close to the end here, but I got one more, one more like big question for you here, okay. and this is a question that I ask uh, every Stars fan that comes on to Starcastic Remarks for this. Um, how are you feeling about the upcoming season? And what's a little bit in what's a little bit different for you, uh, and compared to some of the other fan stories that I've done is that we just recently had a free agency where we signed uh, Mason Marchment and we also signed uh, Colin Miller. 
Uh, Mason Marchment was kind of more well-known. Colin Miller just kind of came out of nowhere. But uh, you've got the the extra perspective of knowing that we've got those two guys in our lineup. Um, yeah. Are you are you like really optimistic about this season? Are you cautiously optimistic? Or are you just like totally down in the dumps, depressed? And you know we're like uh, tanking for Connor Bedard. Man, okay. I, I just gonna I'm going to say I have no idea how I feel about this upcoming season because like Giryanov may go off with the way DeBoer coaches and mm-hmm. I sure hope he does. Um, that man has such a shot and if we can get him to, you know, I would love to see him on the power play more and just let it loose. Um, so with DeBoer coming on. I'm interested to see, like, if we could have kept, and maybe we still will, who knows, Klingberg, how would if he utilized Klingberg? And, um, but I want to see, seems like this new, Colin Miller, is that his name, the defenseman? Mm-hmm. Right-handed like defenseman. He's a really good shot. Mm-hmm. And so if that is DeBoer's style, I want to see how that plays out. And um, so I'm excited for that. And I think, you know, I don't know what the lines are going to look like. I would love to see Ben and Barchment on the same line. Um, just be a real physical um, force there. And then kind of more of the finesse players. You know, I don't know which of the prospects will make it on the team this year, but. At least know, one, you would think. At least one of those so. big three. Yeah. I would want, I think, Peterson and Sagan and um insert prospect prospect. here (laughs) prospect um Mm -hmm. on the second line and i would love to see ben and uh marshman on the third and be kind of a you know we've got skill and can score on you but we're also going to you know we're We're gonna punish you we're gonna punish you exactly don't touch our puck (laughs) yeah so um but you know grading are we a better team than we were last year i don't know yeah right that's how i feel too so, yeah, it's almost like we subtract we subtracted some of our defense in favor of forwards for our offense. And I mean, that's directly applicable to what happened in free agency. You know, yeah. Klingberg is not returning and we go out and get Mason Marchment, who had one good year. So we'll, we'll see how he does. Uh, I actually wrote about him in one of my articles for Blackout Dallas like the night before. And like there were no ties, nothing to him being in Dallas. As soon as, you know, the morning popped up, I'm like, I was right. I can't believe it. Yeah. So, but um, I agree with you. I, I, I like the lines. I'd like, I'd like to see Gary Onoff play with, uh, with Ben on the third line. And I, I think that's okay. where Ben will be most effective. I don't think he needs to be a top six forward anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. And he could be a great second line guy, whether he's the center or on the wing or whatever. But I really think, he needs to be on the third line, and I mean, can you imagine a Marchment guy? He's six four, and you've also got Gary Onoff, who's big in and of yeah, himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, all three of those guys have some scoring potential, but then they could also focus on the defensive side of the game a little bit. And you know, right. if they pitch in, you know, if they pitch in, you know, ten or fifteen goals, that's about where you want, you know, your third line players to score. So. But the, the only problem with that, and like you said, is that forces Peterson up higher in the lineup, which I think he's got top six potential, maybe? I think so. I mean, every time he played, he impressed. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. So. And 
he had a I can't remember off the top of my head. I should know this, but he had either twelve or sixteen goals with very limited resources in in times of ice time, right. and he was mostly a oh excuse me he was mostly a fourth line player, and he scored almost you know twelve goals. I mean, if you give him the ice time and you leave him on that second line with Ben and Sagan for a majority of the time, maybe he gets to twenty, and then we're talking about him as you know one hundred percent he's a top six forward. So uh, I totally agree with you. And so out of the three big prospects, do you know all the three big prospects? Let's see. Bork, our Maverick Bork. Maverick Bork. And then Wyatt Johnston. Wyatt Johnston. And then the little dude, uh, Logan Stankoven, who's 5'8". So if you had to pick one of those three guys, and I mean, I don't know a ton about uh, all three of them. I just know how they play and their sizes and stuff like that and what I saw at development camp. But if you had to maybe pick one of those three guys, who do you think would probably make the opening night roster? Well, I've heard most. I've heard mostly about um, Wyatt Johnston. Mm-hmm. Is it Johnston? Right, with a Johnston. T. Yep. Yeah. Johnston, yeah. Johnston with a T. Um, so I would expect, just based on you know what I've seen, that he would. Uh, and I am guessing Strangest is too, maybe he's too young, but Man, I saw some video of him last week. That was he's just, got some skating to him. Oh yeah. my goodness, and soft hands, and I'm excited for whenever he does come up. But mm-hmm. um, good for our scouting um, guys to be finding these these gems that mm-hmm. make you know um, gives you some comfort and hope as a Dallas Stars fan. You know, like even if the next year, you know last year of having Pavelski or whatever, like it's not the end. So, but and I agree with you. Cause uh, I, I mean, and one of the things I, I talked to Saad Yusuf about this, uh, he's the guy who writes for the athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, the stars feel like they can't, it, they can't tank if that makes any sense. So they, they can't do a quote unquote rebuild right. because if they do a rebuild, then they lose a lot of interest in the team. They lose a lot of money and, and stuff like that. And they're not willing to go through that. So, so the, the point of that is, is that they're always going to be a competitive team, you know, around bubble in or bubble out playoff team. Mm -hmm. So that means that a lot of the draft picks are probably going to be like in the middle of all the teams, you know, 15, 16, 17 around there. And the fact that, uh, especially lately, uh, that Jim Nell and his scouting team, and I mean, we got to give them credit for that. That right. they're able to find these gems. It's not like like Logan Stankoven. What didn't go in the first round? He was he was in the, a second round pick. Uh, I mean, John Klingberg was a fifth round pick, and that wasn't really his, but still, it's scouting for the stars. Uh, Jamie Ben, same thing, fifth round pick. Uh, That's uh, Yeah, Robe Hintz and uh, and um, Gurion? Robo. Sorry, Robin? Robo. They were both second round picks, and then Pavelski was a seventh round pick. So our entire yeah. top line. <laughs> is not are not first round picks right. so and then i mean like Wyatt johnston was later in the first round and then you know ottinger was the same way it was later in the first round so we got to give props to them for what they've done for the scouting and for them to go after ottinger that mm-hmm. ha- that alone is saving the seasons upcoming oh 100 you know? if we don't have otter we're screwed <laughs> right so i'm very very glad that when they they haven't been too drastic, but when you know they saw someone like Ottinger available, they were going to go after him and yep. make it possible. And that's the only time in Jim Nill's history that he's actually traded up in the draft was yeah. for Jake Ottinger. 
So again, yeah, I mean, just a gold star for, for Jim Nelvier. So, yeah. Well, I, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, Brooke, uh, thank you for coming on and, uh, and doing this, you know, with us. Um, uh, I'll let you have the floor just for, you know, anything else you want to say before we close it out today. You got anything you want to say? Oh, um, shout out anybody. It'll be interesting to see where Klingberg signs. No one knows. That will be interesting. That yeah, is no true. No one knows where you're going to sign. And so um, I wanna, I'm curious about how long of a term it will be and for how much. And- now, or- originally, I said he was going to sign in Seattle for seven years for $8.75 million. Now, that was before you know, the free agency opened. Like uh, Today is July 17th, and he still hasn't signed. And it's been, I think this is the fifth day of free agency. So that kind of leads me to believe that it's going to be a lot less and it's going to be for a lot less term as well. So that that is a very interesting question. And there is a, still a possibility. It's very unlikely because the stars even came out and said the John Klingberg era is over. Yeah. But there is still a possibility that Jim Nell could go out there and uh, trade away a couple people and maybe have some cap space for Klingberg to come back. But uh you know, we'll see. Yeah. So. All well, right. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks again for doing this. Um, please, guys, uh, make sure that you click like and subscribe down here on the comment section down below in the YouTube channel if you're watching. Or if you're uh, listening on the podcast side, we appreciate a five-star review. Um, Brooke, once again, thank you for joining us. Along with Brooke, my name is Ryan. This has been Starcast Strucker Marks episode, I think it's a We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Hope you guys have a good, fantastic evening, morning, whenever you're listening. You guys have a good night.